welcome back to the AirPod. I'm your host, Omid Scobie, with the latest from the House of Windsor, flying solo this week because our dear Maggie Rooley is currently on assignment. But that doesn't stop us from getting through a mountain of royal stories this week. It has usually been a typically quiet time for the royal family. August is the one time of the year that they all sort of universally take vacations or at least time off. Uh, I doubt much travel is happening for anyone right now. But of course, that hasn't stopped us from uh, really having a, a lot of stories to get through this week, including the Duchess of Sussex and her conversation with the activist Gloria Steinem about the importance of voting. We'll be talking about that shortly. And later in the episode, I'll be joined by the author of a controversial new book on Prince Andrew and his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein. Of course, this is uh, in the run-up to uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's trial next year. There are many unanswered questions, and I'll be speaking with Nigel Cawthorne to get to some of the bottom of the most burning questions that many of you have about this story. But before we get to that, um, we have seen one member of the royal family on the cover of a magazine. Uh, Sophie the Countess of Wessex appeared on the September issue of Good Housekeeping magazine in the UK, opening up about the dangers of social media and admitting that her own two children, Louise and James, aren't actually into social media, despite being 16 and 12 years old, respectively. Um, But she did talk about the importance of equipping children with the tools to navigate social media successfully. She says, I think that openness is the one way families can support their teenagers. If children feel they can discuss issues and worries with their parents without fear or their friends being judged, this may give opportunity to help them with what can be a complex and very pressured area. I would imagine this is a huge area of concern for Uh, any parents of children who are sort of approaching their teens onwards, uh, navigating that social media landscape. It's one of the things we're really going to see the Sussexes focusing on in the year ahead, particularly when they launch their Archwell non-profit, uh, creating that sort of more humane uh, digital landscape for all of us to exist on. Um, I don't need to tell any of the regular royal watchers that can be a rather uh, sort of dangerous minefield out there. Um, of course, we also had the news uh, confirmed by the Sunday Times that Queen Elizabeth reportedly won't be returning to Buckingham Palace this year due to the pandemic. Um, she's currently, of course, on the, her annual stay at Balmoral in Scotland with Prince Philip, uh, after which they'll return to Windsor Castle instead of Buckingham Palace. Uh, source told the paper that this will be her longest absence from Buckingham Palace and her decades-long reign, uh, but Windsor will be her base for the foreseeable future, quote, until the threats from coronavirus has lifted. Of course, Buckingham Palace is undergoing a number of renovations at the moment, so I'd imagine this also gives an opportunity for construction to continue throughout the palace and get it finished perhaps a little bit quicker than the original due date that we're expecting. Now, at the start of the show, I mentioned that the Duchess of Sussex opened up about Prince Harry's feminism in a fantastic conversation with Gloria Steinem this week. This was recorded for Makers Women, uh, which is a platform, a well-known platform, uh, sharing real-life stories of women who have had a tremendous impact around the world. It's one of the largest uh, collections 
of stories or female stories from around the world. In the footage that was originally shared before the interview was released, uh, exclusively on Yahoo, I believe, uh, Steinem was heard telling Megan about her fears that young people are the least likely demographic to vote, something that Megan echoed. Well, you know, what worries me the most are young people who I understand are the least likely to vote. Uh, And I can understand the feeling that they don't think they have an impact. Mm -hmm. And yet it's more important for them to vote than anyone else because they're going to be alive long after I am. (laughs) And and they're going to be suffering the consequences. Do you feel hopeful? Oh, yes. No, no, no. I I do feel hopeful. I I just want to say (laughs) that movements are families. It's no sacrifice. I get to do what I love and care about every day of my life. How great is that? Well, almost every day. (laughs) Now, the conversation was recorded earlier this month at a venue in California, um, not far, actually, from Harry and Meghan's Montecito home. I think there were some reports suggesting that it may have actually been filmed at their house, uh, but I'm told otherwise. Um, We got a little peek into some of their life in California. We got to see the dogs Guy and Pula take front row seats in the conversation. And Meghan brought Harry and Archie into the conversation, speaking with Gloria Steinem about Harry's views on feminism. Harry has, of course, spoken in the past about being a feminist, and Meghan shared that she looks at Archie and sees what a beautiful example that he gets to grow up with a father who is so comfortable owning that as part of his own self-identification, that there's no shame in being someone who advocates for fundamental human rights for everyone, which of course includes women. And speaking of Harry, we actually had a rare joint statement, uh, just before recording this episode actually, uh, released by spokespersons for both Kensington Palace and for the Sussexes, confirming that the statue of Princess Diana, a commemorative statue that was actually commissioned back in 2017, will be unveiled at Kensington Palace on July the 1st, 2021. Uh, That will be on exactly the year or the time that Princess Diana would have turned 60 years old should she have been alive today. The statement goes on to say that the statue was commissioned to mark the 20th anniversary of Diana's death and recognise her positive impact in the UK and around the world, and confirms that it will be installed in the sunken garden of Kensington Palace on July the 1st. It says that the princes hope that the statue will help all those who visit Kensington Palace to reflect on their mother's life and her legacy. It's great to see, of course, the two brothers coming together to issue a statement like this. While they may be on very, very different paths in their lives, um, and both in very happy places in their lives, I think that one thing that will always bring them together is continuing the legacy and the memory of their mother, who, of course, means so much to them. And that will be a very interesting time. In fact, I would not be surprised if we saw the Sussexes spend... Uh, an extended period of time in the UK next year. Of course, we have in March the Invictus Games, which has been rescheduled. That's taking place in The Hague. And in June, we have Trooping the Colour, which I would imagine that Harry and Meghan would like to still be at. And then in July, of course, July 1st, we have the unveiling of the statue. So there is many reasons for them to be based here in the UK for at least that period, um, depending on, of course, 
whether travel will be completely back to normal then. Now we're going to take a short break now, but afterwards I'll be speaking with the author of Prince Andrew, Epstein, Maxwell and the Palace. Nigel Cawthorn has followed this story closely for quite some time, uh, particularly the arrests of Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, which went on to spark Prince Andrew in world media frenzy. Uh, very few know the intrigue behind their long-standing, uh, say it's fair to say, triangular relationship, but this book goes beyond the headlines, the documentaries, and really exposes for the first time unknown details of the Epstein scandal and Prince Andrew's reported involvement in some of that. It will be a very interesting conversation. Well, the book is called Prince Andrew, Epstein, Maxwell and the Palace. Um, and it's fair to say that it certainly has caused quite the commotion since its release in July. Um, I have Nigel Cawthorn with me, the author um, on the line. Joining me from where are you in the world right now? Bloomsbury, <laughs> Central London. Oh, OK, fine. Uh, is that where you've been holed away for, for the past few months? I, I have lived in Bloomsbury for over 30 years now. It's because it's handy okay. for, for the library. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to, obviously, that this, this is a story that has really uh, sort of existed on the pages of the tabloids and, and across the global press uh, for quite some time. Um, but one that almost uh, struggles to move move forward because of course uh, there is very little uh, participation from Prince Andrew himself and I wanted to sort of go back to the beginnings of the book that you had written and sort of find out what it is that made you decide to focus on Prince Andrew's side of this story. Well um, I, I like everybody else saw that that disastrous uh, interview that, that, that he did yeah, and of course, these a lot of these were things that were covered by the tabloids here, a lot of which Prince Andrew either didn't comment or denied at the time. But of course, it set a fascinating backstory then to the allegations against him uh, made by victims of Jeffrey Epstein, of course, which he continues to deny to this day. Um, but of course, his, mis his, his feelings uh, were were. were mentioned in Parliament, uh, and this wasn't just covered, uh, this just wasn't a tabloid story. Um, this is uh, maybe serious allegations were made against him. And of course, now he faces another set of serious allegations, uh, one in which uh, it's fair to say he hasn't done a great job of moving on from, um, as, as he says, he, he denies uh, all the allegations made against him. Um, but of course, we see him in this very difficult position today where we have this back and forth with the authorities in the US who are desperate to speak with him. No, the problem here is that is the British Home Office. Uh, a request has been made by the US Department of Justice in writing uh, under our Mutual Legal Assistance Treaty. And the treaty says that if he doesn't uh, submit himself to an interview by, by the American authorities within 21 days, then the, the British police should put these that the, the questions supplied by the Department of Justice to him. As far as we can tell, that the British Home Office and the British police have not done this. So they are in breach of, 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 of an international treaty. 
And so why do you think that very little seems to be happening in this? You know, it's it's clear that there are many individuals uh, on, on all sides of this investigation that are desperate to speak with Prince Andrew. If anything, he simply could help um, progress some of the stories of the, the victims or the allegations that some victims have made against Jeffrey Epstein and, of course, now Keelan Maxwell. Well, strangely, under the, under the treaty, if... Um uh, Andrew flew over to America uh, and spoke to the FBI there. Uh, they they couldn't arrest him. Uh, he, he would be given safe conduct, um, even if it, even if he had uh, um, committed an, an offence under American law. And these are allegations that Prince Andrew and uh, legal representatives for, for Andrew continue to deny. Um, but despite that denial and the repeated attempts from the FBI that have reached out to Andrew for interview, um, nothing has happened. Now, he claims he was prepared in November to assist US officials. But, but from your own research, do you find that that was actually the case? Well, I mean, if he, if he wanted to cooperate uh, with the uh, American authorities, he doesn't have to even have to get on a plane. He could get his chauffeur to drive him down to the, the new U.S. embassy here in Nine Elms, um, where there is an FBI office. He could speak to them there. So it, it wouldn't be any, it's no trouble for him to cooperate. Um, but what does cooperation mean? Does it mean, you know, I'll give you five minutes on the phone when I get back from the pub? Or, or does it mean sitting down and then... And, and, having in a smoky room with, with a, um, a table lamp in your, in your face. But he's kept a very low profile, um, really since his interview with Newsnight. And of course, uh, the arrest of Gilan Maxwell, who's been accused of acting as Jeffrey Epstein's madam. Um, she, of course, denies all allegations of misconduct made against her. Um, but this has sort of put him and his position in this story back into the public eye. Do you think that there'll ever be a world in which he'll be able to get away from this? How do you think that he would be best sort of suited to handle this situation? Because it's clearly not working what they're doing now. You know, all eyes remain on Prince Andrew. Well, it is, and they will, the focus will come back on him, of course, next July uh, when uh, she faces uh, trial. Um, they can't overlook his his involvement uh, with her and uh, in the in the very centre of the whole um, Epstein world. And one of the big uh, sort of discoveries uh, early or this in in the recent months has been uh, this eyewitness or this witness that has come forward and said that they've given FBI information uh, claiming that she saw the Duke of York with Virginia at a nightclub in London, which is, of course, something that he previously denied um, that he was was at the Mayfair Club, famously saying that he was at Pizza Express instead. And her lawyer, Lisa Bloom, um, also said that another woman came forward to support Virginia's version of events. Do you think that these sort of pieces of evidence will continue to, to mount? And will they change the pressure that's on Prince Andrew at the moment to speak? Well, uh, uh, as you say, he, he he doesn't really react apart from getting his 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 lawyers uh, to deny everything. Um, no, the, the the pressure will certainly mount um, 
when uh, Ghislaine Maxwell goes on trial, but also when the, the civil cases that the, that, that the victims of Epstein um, proceed with, then surely they'll, they'll be requesting him as a witness, and what's he to do? In that interview, as you pointed out, that he, he's kind of sided with Epstein, but showed no empathy for, 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 for the victims in, in this case. Um, he, he doesn't come across as rather very nice man, does he? Well, it's interesting because I think, you know, the one, one thing that certainly stands out to me about Prince Andrew is he's a man that's grown up in, in uh, unusual surrounding should we say and that can obviously lead to um, a very different kind of upbringing to the, the one that the likes of you and I might have and I think it's but time and time again we've seen him align himself with unsavory characters that has often led to trouble and I think that whilst some may put that down to a naivety or an ignorance it does seem to be a pattern that has repeated itself over and over again in your opinion why do you think that he has often been attracted to uh, the more sort of unsavory characters out there or at least gotten involved with them and into trouble with them on many occasions uh, well um as you say he has been brought up in rather an, a, ex extraordinary circumstances and in fact particularly extraordinary because um, although uh, Prince Charles has, has been a bit, a bit of a loose end for the last 50 years, um, being his younger brother, uh, you know, what role is there for, for you in, 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 this, in, the, in the world? And um, he seems to, to rather enjoy the, the, the danger and excitement of being uh, with, with these people. Do you, uh, I think one of the things that stood out to me in the book is that you spoke about how the focus has often been on the Sussexes and mm. the things that they've supposedly done right or wrong, according to the sections of the tabloid press. Do you think there has ever been a concerted effort to focus on other members of the royal family instead of Prince Andrew? And if there has, where do you think that comes from? Well, the announcement of, of the, the Sussexes withdrawing from uh, public life in the UK came almost directly after the the car crash interview. So uh, clearly there was um, uh, some sort of attempt to, to divert attention then, and, uh, and one can only suppose, suppose that it came from Buckingham Palace. But what surprises me about this is that, that um, uh, Harry and Meghan say that, that they're going into private life, so they're going to drop the HRH, and they're not going to take any more money from the Privy Purse from us uh, long-suffering British taxpayers. Mm. But Prince... Prince Andrew hasn't. He's, he still uses his titles. Uh, he gets money um, from the Queen, um, which indirectly comes from us. His daughters still have police protection, uh, where the Sussexes, they were, they're, they're paying for their own protection now. Um, and he's certainly not fulfilling any royal duties at all. Why shouldn't he be treated the same? Do you think that that is sort of a concerted effort that comes from within the palace to provide almost uh, sort of a, a layer of protection to him? Or is that just sort of, I guess, what comes with being the son of the current reigning monarch, regardless of who or what he's been involved in? He, he, it, is, it is known that, 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 she, uh, that, that uh, he is her favourite, uh, the Queen's favourite. So uh, obviously that, that, that uh, 
she obviously has some great deal of influence in, the, in this situation. But it's difficult because if they made an announcement that he was dropping HRH and was taking no more uh, the taxpayers' money, then it just focuses attention back on him. So they've learned, particularly from that interview, that it's best to to keep your mouth shut. Now, of course, we've seen some of that support continue. And there was a recent report suggesting that there was an order made for celebration of Prince Andrew's birthday in terms of uh, the bells ringing out at Westminster Abbey next year and how that will probably go ahead. Uh, recently, we also saw protests uh, against uh, Jeffrey Epstein, Gillian Maxwell, and in support of victims of, uh, end up outside the gates of Buckingham Palace um, on a recent afternoon. Do you think that, that that mounting pressure from the public will force the royal family to act in a more sort of take a more drastic action against Prince Andrew, of course. It's very noticeable that Prince Harry was stripped of his military honours when he and Meghan stepped back from their working roles, but Prince Andrew continues to sort of enjoy some of the associations and honours that he was given during his time as a working member of the royal family. Yes, yes, he has been stripped of of many of his sort of military roles, Um, De- demonstration you mentioned with with, with people shouting um, paedophile outside Buckingham Palace. It has to be said that, that there there weren't very many people there, just a, just a few hundred. Um, I can't really imagine that, that there will be a, a, a great movement uh, here forcing the royal family to to, to, to change course. Uh, as I say, it, it's it's the it, it's the law. Um, in action here, uh, and the focus will come with the, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, unless, of course, she she, she makes a plea bargain beforehand um, and possibly throws him under the bus. Well, you continue to follow the story of Ghislaine Maxwell very closely. Where do you think that that's currently headed? Of course, this doesn't look like it's going to trial until next July, I believe. How do you think this may affect things for Prince Andrew? Um, There have, of course, been stories already of supposed friends of Ghislaine speaking out, saying that she will do everything she can to protect those that she has been sort of aligned with or been in any kind of friendship or business with in the past. Do you think that that will actually be the case? Well, I, I mean, I think, I think it's quite admirable of her to, to be saying these things um, because uh, uh, he was a great comfort to her after her father died. Um, but she's she's 58 years old. She's facing 35 years in jail. Uh, currently, there's talk of more charges being brought against her. So she won't be coming out of jail uh, until she's in her 90s. I don't think that that, that um, she is very used to being in a t- detention centre in, in Brooklyn, um, and I don't know how she's going to cope with, with a federal penitentiary. Um, so she's got every incentive to try and make some deal with the authorities. And, and, and as you know, most cases uh, in, in the US do uh, result in, in, in a plea bargain. Well, absolutely. And I would imagine it makes for slightly worrying time or a time of worry for Prince Andrew, who, of course, as we know, had a very close friendship with with Ghislaine. Mm-hmm. As the royal family continue to sort of publicly distance themselves from him, do you think that 
he himself will continue to remain out of the public eye or will we see him slowly step back into some sort of role? Of course, we saw him during the pandemic doing volunteer work uh, Mm -hmm. alongside his ex-wife, Sarah Ferguson. Um, I think at one point uh, donating food goods to an organisation working with women who have been trapped in human trafficking um, which was an interesting choice. Do you think that we'll see more of Andrew doing this kind of thing? Well, I, 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 an I, attempt to repair his image. It was it was a gallant att- attempt at it, but but um, uh, as you say, it was an interesting choice of of, uh, of um, cause that, that that he he's uh, espousing, um, which uh, sadly invites ridicule. Um, so I think they got to, they had to be very careful there too. And of course, if he if if he doesn't step back into the into the the, the public uh, gaze, then he can live a very comfortable life behind palace gates. Virginia Gufrey Roberts continues to be one of the most outspoken victims of Jeffrey Epstein, um, and particularly vocal about her dealings with Prince Andrew. Of course, he continues to deny. Um, any form of relationship or having ever even having met Virginia before. Um, But of course, more recently, we saw reports suggesting that Scotland Yard uh, could uncover new evidence uh, from searches on the property of Ghislaine Maxwell here in London. As far as I'm aware, nothing has happened there yet. But can we, could we expect to see new information arise from something like this? I'm not quite sure what, what um, forensic in investigation of Maxwell's house in London would, would actually reveal, but uh, Virginia Griffey Roberts has made serious allegations against Prince Andrew that, that should at the very least be, in, under British law, uh, that we should at least be investigated by, by, by Scotland Yard and, and not simply ignored. Absolutely. Do you think we'll continue to hear her speaking about this? Do Could we expect other women to come forward with more information? Do you think that there is much more to come out from this situation? Um, Virginia Guffrey Roberts will certainly continue uh, speaking out on this. She, she will be... Uh, at the trial of um, Ghislaine Maxwell, although she's not one of the victims named in the indictment, uh, her testimony is pertinent to the two um, perjury charges um, because it's it's in the deposition that that, um, Maxwell made um, in her civil suit uh, with Virginia Roberts uh, that that the, the alleged perjury was made. Nigel, it's been fascinating talking to you. Prince Andrew, Epstein, Maxwell and the Palace is currently out on the shelves. Um, I believe you have something else in the works uh, that I'm looking forward to talking to you about. Um, But uh, in the meantime, stay safe and thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, this story is no doubt going to continue for some time. um, And I do look forward to catching up with Nigel. And that just about wraps us up for this week's episode. Thank you again for all the kind tweets and comments it's always great to hear what you guys are thinking about finding freedom in fact maggie and i are going to be jumping back into that in the next episode so if you have any burning questions that we didn't answer in last week's special do send them over to myself at scoby or at maggie Woolley on twitter i think we're both the same names on instagram 
Um, if I'm not, then uh, just search for my name and uh, we'll definitely keep an eye out for those. There will be some news from other members of the royal family next week as well as the Duchess of Cambridge prepares to announce or show the final 100 photos picked to feature in her Hold Still exhibition, which is a campaign that she launched uh, to capture a snapshot of the UK amid the coronavirus pandemic. In fact, Kensington Palace released a screenshot of an email she sent to the judges today, uh, simply signed with C, a slightly more informal uh, look at the way the Duchess of Cambridge works. Uh, thank you again for tuning into the show. We are with you every Friday. Stay safe out there, look after yourselves and each other, and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.